0: This edition of the Generations Radio Program, originally aired in 2014. For additional shows on hundreds of topics, search our archives at Generations.org. In a world where 36% of
1: children are born without fathers and half of marriages end in divorce... Here's one father who cares about the future of the next generation. This is Generations with Kevin Swanson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson. I'm Executive Director of Christian Home Educators out here in Colorado. But more importantly, I'm a father of five. And so is Dave. Producer Dave is in studio with me. And a couple of fathers who care about what's going on in the world around us. Why? Because we have children and we love God. For those two reasons, we're looking at this world through the eyes of a biblical worldview. Now, only 24% of Americans feel that public schools are very safe and orderly. 25% of high school students fear in-school violence, folks. And 10%, I couldn't believe this, This, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, 10% of all public schools experience one or more serious violent crimes, murder, rape, sexual battery, physical attack with a weapon during the previous school year. That's one in ten. Dave, I want to ask the question again. And let me ask you this. You work for Lucent Avaya, right? Okay. You were a dad. You worked for Lucent Avaya. Uh, what percent of Lucent Avaya facilities would would have a violent crime in any given year? Okay, here it is. Murder, rape, sexual battery, physical attack with a weapon. What percent, Dave? I mean, Avaya, it's a big company.
0: It's a big company, and it's located,
1: you know, its headquarters are in New Jersey, so yeah. you'd think there would be some of that, perhaps. In New Jersey or, or yeah. even Denver. You, you worked in Denver. That's right, and we had we had a union associated with us, but the answer, to my knowledge, is none. None. It was really frowned on by management. It was one of the things that they didn't like. Violent crimes. Violent crimes. Okay. Now, the question here, Dave, is for every dad listening to the program right now. What dad in his right mind who loved his daughter would send his daughter to an environment far more dangerous than the environment in which he worked? Again, what dad in his right mind would send his daughter to a public school where 10% of those schools see violent crimes in any given year? But folks, it's not just a school violence issue. It's a worldview issue. In fact, I think it was a year or two ago, we had Dan Smithwick on this program. Dan Smithwick is from the Nehemiah Institute. He's been doing a worldview test of Christian children going to public schools and Christian schools for the last 20 years. And he has found out, folks, that, hey, Christian students going to these schools, they are turning into secular humanists. In fact... Worldviews among Christian kids in sharp decline. They are not thinking like Christians. They're thinking like secular humanists. And my point here is worldviews matter. Worldviews matter the way you think will determine the way you live. The way your children think will determine the way they, they do sex. The way they do violence. The way they take God's name in vain. It will determine how they live. It will determine how many children they have out of wedlock. It will determine... How their marriage will go. What percentage of marriages will end in divorce? Worldviews matter, my friend. And worldviews are brought out through education. This is the way people are trained to think. They go to schools, and those schools construct the way those children will think. There are Muslim children in this country. There are Muslim children in this country, folks, who will grow up to be good secular humanists. There are Jewish children that will become good humanists because they go to good humanist schools. And there are Christian children who go to Sunday school and learn to sing Jesus Loves Me and pray a prayer or two and take Jesus into their little hearts. But they never quite get Jesus into their little minds. And after 18 years of humanist, the humanist religion, the indoctrination into this worldview called humanism, which is a different way of thinking about the world. It's a different religion. It's a different faith. After 18 years of humanism, my friends, everybody's shocked when those little girls and boys who learn how to sing Jesus Love Me turn out to be big humanists. Folks, it's a war of the world views out there. Please don't get caught in the crossfire in your pajamas. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Joel Belts, the founder of World Magazine, about worldviews and education. It's a critical program. Stay tuned, folks. Joel Belts is next. Passen your seatbelt. Hang on to your hat. Generations will be right back.
2: Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible saturated, biblical worldview based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith, in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world, where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org.
1: Deeply embedded on the front lines of the war of the worldviews, here's your host, Kevin Swanson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson. Today, Worldviews and Education. And we have Joel Belts on the line with us. He is the founder of World Magazine, a Christian weekly magazine founded back in 1986. And I got my first copy in 1988. We love the magazine, our family reads it all the time. Now, Joel serves as chairman of Covenant College. He's the father of five children. And, uh, Joel, that's something you hold in common with me. I'm the father of five as well. My producer, Dave, in studio, also father of five, so we have a few things in common.
0: What a great number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: amen. But recently, Joel, you authored a great article called Confessing Our Weaknesses, Time to Admit Christian Education Has Its Problems Too. And uh, I think it's a, a great time to reevaluate what we've been doing in, in Christian education for the last 40, 50 years. Now, Joel, you've been connected with Christian education for quite some time. Can you give us a little history? How, how have you connected with it yourself?
0: Well, in 1951, my dad and mom uh, were in Iowa, in rural Iowa, and that was when they decided that uh, fourth grade in the public school system was probably about as far as I ought to go. and In 1951, they launched a little tiny Christian school there in eastern Iowa with just seven students, and so my education, for the most part ever since, has been in uh, a Christian setting.
1: Boy, that's some great history. My father took us out of the public schools in 1969, Joel, and uh, took us to the mission field where he homeschooled us because he saw potential problems, uh, especially with evolution and some other things in the public schools uh, as early as 1969. But 1951, that was the beginning of the modern homeschooling or Christian schooling movement.
0: Yes, in in one sense. There were groups, uh, the Lutherans, the Christian Reformed folks, we were both pretty consistent in stressing Christian schools prior to that. But for mo- most of uh, evangelical Protestantism, you're right, it was actually the late 50s, the 60s, before Christian schools really got going. Mm-hmm. And then, what, another 10 or 15 years before homeschooling became popular.
1: Joel, I'd just like you to share a little bit about what you think about the various views on Christian education, various methodologies used. You've got the boarding schools, you've got Christian day schools, you've got homeschools. Is there one that you think stands head and shoulders above the other, or do you think they all have their purpose?
0: No, I think they all have their purpose. And, I, you know, what the God commands fathers and mothers to do is to bring up their children in the fear and nurture of the Lord, and he does not tell us exactly how to do that, because he knows that the circumstances into which he's going to lead any particular family will be quite different from that that other families face. Hmm.
1: Now, it seems like some things have changed since the 50s and 60s. The discussions relating to Christian education continue to take up a lot of space in Christian articles and uh, Christian radio. Uh, You've got Al Mohler talking about exit strategy, James Dobson has told folks it's time to get children out of the public schools in several forums. Where are you in this discussion, Joel?
0: Well, I'm with those who say, get out. Uh, I want to say that gently, I want to say it lovingly enough so that people don't take offense, but with each passing year, I think the evidence grows that you're just barking up an empty tree if you think good fruit can come from a system that will not allow the name of Christ or God the Father even to be mentioned, much less explored. And so, you know, I wish well for parents... Who, who can't make that change, but I, I just don't think they are being realistic. And yes, in my own denomination, I have signed on to statements like those that the Southern Baptists have, have now been hearing saying, get out, form an exit strategy. It's going to collapse one of these days and you don't want your kids to be there when it collapses.
1: There's been a lot of water under the bridge, and the schools of the 2000s are nowhere near where the schools of the 1950s or even 1960s were. Things are a lot worse than they have ever been.
0: And I do believe that what you just said is, is very, very important for people to keep in mind. So many people say, well, you know, I, I went through that system, and I wasn't hurt that badly. And uh, people don't realize how drastically and radically the system has changed.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, we want to focus on your recent article in World Magazine. You continue to do editorials, and I enjoy them very much, Joel. But your recent article talks about some potential problems with the Christian schools. I want to go through that. Uh, You suggest that all Christian textbooks are not created equal. Uh, That is, you know, you can have a cross on the spine of that textbook or the word Christian in the title. But that's not necessarily a good textbook.
0: What do you think think
1: about Christian textbooks, if we're talking Christian education here?
0: Well, one that on every page, in virtually every paragraph, keeps confronting you, the student, with the thought, now how do I think about this differently, because I'm a believer uh, in an all-powerful, sovereign, redeeming God, and every facet of what you learn, sooner or later, has to be touched by that reality. That's hard work, and it might take us two or three or four generations of textbooks before We get them that far. You don't just sit down and glibly write a textbook that way.
1: You know, you talked about raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and the fear of God being right there at the beginning, at the foundation of knowledge, of education, is so central, so important to a concept of a Christian education. But, Joel, maybe you can focus in on, on what it is to put the fear of God into that science class or that history class.
0: I don't think that we should see it as... Something where we're running scared, that isn't, I think, what the scriptures refer to when they talk about the fear of God. Certainly majesty, certainly awe, certainly respect, but not running scared. But it it means, as I want to keep stressing, just every time you turn the page, asking the question, now, what would God think about that? What would he be doing about that reality? And so whether it is science, or whether it's poetry, or whether it's... uh, uh, human sexuality, or whatever whatever the issue is, you keep asking that question. What is God's standard in this particular field? My dad used to say, "You can't even you can't even keep God's commandments unless you understand mathematics in in the light of God's uh, rule." And by that he meant you you don't know what one plus if you don't know what one plus one is in the eyes of God. Well, then you don't know what's yours and what's mine. See, numbers are discrete. They are distinct from each other. And uh, you, if you're going to put up a good fence between your your place and your neighbor's place, you've got to understand some basic mathematics. And you've got to do that just inab- uh, to enable you to keep God's law.
1: Folks, we're speaking with Joel Belts, founder of World Magazine, and he has extensive experience with the Christian education movement. And Joel, you know, it seems to me in the 30 years or so that I've been involved in the Christian uh, homeschool movement, it seems to me that we're trying to bring something back that's been gone for about 150 years or, or maybe longer in education, in the way we think about God. And... As we try to bring God back in, into our reality, into our science, into our history classrooms, into our mathematics textbooks, it's, it, it's going to take some time. It's, it's hard for us to understand the reality of God and how he's connected to our world when we've been living without him in the media, in entertainment, in education, in all these areas of life.
0: Yeah, um, and partly that's because we live in a God-less age and it is partly because too many of God's own people are godless. We don't think enough that way. Uh, we haven't been taught to think in a godly way. And so, you know, there are at least two forms of godlessness. One is kind of the blatant in your in your face sort of godlessness uh, like in godless communism or godless secularism or something. But there is also godless evangelicalism and and uh, we fall too easily into that trap.
1: I appreciate what you've done with World Magazine. News certainly ought to reflect somewhat of the reality of God. When you open up a newspaper, you rarely read, this is what God did today. <laughs> uh, but when you pick up World Magazine, you guys do refer to God and God's acts in history.
0: And, you know, it's we, d- we don't want to make a shibboleth of it either. We don't want to make uh, it into a gimmicky thing where... We just kind of say it so that we sound religious or something like that. It should be the most natural thing in the world. Uh, just like you, you think, well, Dad's in this household. We've got to, uh, we've got to keep Dad in mind. Well, I don't want to be frivolous about it or or disrespectful, but the the heavenly Father is always here, and and we should keep in mind that this is His world, and that He is due uh, enormous consideration and respect.
1: Boy, this is good. And I really appreciate what is happening in these areas of life because what we're doing, I believe, is bringing God back into center and in man's metaphysics, epistemology, and ethics. And, you know, you're doing that right in the face of a humanist world where man is in center. And, boy, I don't think we're waging a more important battle than this one.
0: The, uh, the schools are where it's happening, yeah. uh, for better or for worse. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's talk about legalism because you brought that up in your article. I thought you made a really good point. Is it possible that in our Christian homeschools and our Christian day schools, we can be polishing up the outside of that cup and not really getting to the heart of the child? And how do we do that,
0: Joel? Well, I think it, we, we just constantly beg God for wisdom to change our children's hearts, not just their behavior. Now, yes, we do want to change their behavior, and sometimes sometimes you have to require that behavior uh, be such and such, even if the child's heart isn't there yet. But our real goal is certainly not to ch- not just to change the behavior, but to change the hearts. And uh, that's incumbent on parents, it's incumbent on teachers, on administrators, on board members, whoever is responsible uh, for for education. We've got to keep in mind that what the Lord is after is to soften and change hearts.
1: Is there anything that we do to create more of a legalistic environment where we're encouraging more of an external manifestation of Christianity and nothing on the inside? I mean, can you think of things that we might be doing to make that mistake?
0: Oh, that's a big question. And what I want to stress is that we really are on a tight wire there because I don't ever want to imply that you let any behavior go because the heart isn't there. Uh, No, you've got to... You've got to watch the behavior along the way. So we have to get on our knees in the morning and in the evening and beg God uh, to let us do it right with our kids.
1: Amen, because just to touch the hearts of your children, it takes more than just some kind of mechanical program. You need the Spirit of God right there.
0: I do do think we've got to keep letting our kids know that there's no place for hypocrisy. And we, we don't want them to be hypocrites. And boy, if they see us as being hypocritical, we begin to lose the battle at that very point. So we've got to be transparent with our own hearts.
1: Joel, you mentioned the word goal, the goal for uh, our Christian education programs. And, you know, there is a goal for secular public school education. There, is, there are stated goals out there for those education programs, and, and yet we as Christians have goals for our children as well. How do the goals of education differ, and how does this inform a distinctly Christian education?
0: Well, I want my children to walk in the truth. And that means there is something that we call truth. And see, that is the first place we distinguish ourselves from secular education. Secular education doesn't even accept the fact that there is truth. Everything is relative. Uh, So I want my kids to know that there is something called truth. I want them to be able to define it and, and describe it and revel in it. And I want them to walk in it. Walking in the truth doesn't talk about a static, some static being. It's talking about something that's dynamic and going on every day. And uh, that's what I want to call kids to, walking in the truth.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, there's a heart of a father, folks, and that's my heart as well, and I'm sure Dave's heart as well, our producer this morning. We're just a minute or two away from, from being uh, out of time here, Joel, but it seems to me that you've got the public schools being fairly aggressive with the secular agenda. Now you've got some 2 million homeschoolers, 4 or 5 million Christian schoolers, and, and, and they're taking a different tact in terms of education. Is the opposition picking up the, the Christian education programs on the radar? Do we have somewhat of a conflict, a, a battle here in the future for uh, the future of education?
0: Oh, there is indeed a battle for our kids, and it's a fierce one, the evil one, and I don't want to suggest for a minute that everybody in the public school system is a conscious uh, agent of the evil one. There are some wonderful, wonderful Christian folks still doing a stalwart job in the public system, but it's getting harder and harder for them because the circumstances there are being shaped by the evil one more and more to his terms. I mean, it isn't just the. People aren't allowed to pray. They're not allowed even to talk about God. Uh, Because if you do that, then you've suddenly gotten too religious. And so, yes, the battle is being pitched. And uh, there are millions of kids. What do we have? About 50 million people in the United States in the schools of our country. Uh, Think of that. Every one of them is on the line either to be claimed for godly purposes or Uh, for rebellion against him, and I pray that we'll be faithful.
1: And the future of this nation is in the hands of the schools and how we educate our children. Folks, I don't think we would be talking about a more important issue today on Generations, and we do appreciate very much Joel Belts joining us. And, folks, I want to recommend World Magazine to you. It's a great news magazine. It's the fourth largest weekly news magazine in the country. Uh, Joel Belts was the founder. He provides a regular column there in that magazine. Let me recommend it to you. You can uh, find out more information at World. Mag.com, That's WorldMag.com on the web. Joel, thanks again so much for joining us on Generations. Wonderful to be with you. Well, folks, what a blessing to hear from an expert, a man who has the experience, who's grown up with a Christian education movement. And as we wrap up the program today, my friends, I'd like to encourage you to get my book called Upgrade, The Ten Secrets to the Best Education for Your Child. I wrote this book to summarize the principles of a truly Christian education. Now, in this book, I don't say that homeschooling is the only way to provide a Christ-centered education for your child. I do say it's a really cool way to do it, but it's not the only way. The point is, what does the Bible say in terms of the content and the methodology of an education program for a child? Now, God has something to say about it. He says it in the book of Proverbs, in Deuteronomy 6-7, Ephesians 6-4, and other passages. I summarize what God says about the education of a child. Because the education of a child is very important. I think we made that point today on this program. You can get my book Upgrade by calling 877-842-CHECK. That's 877-842-CHECK. Call right now. Upgrade. 877-842-CHECK. You can interact with the program, my friends, by emailing me personally at Kevin at KevinSwanson.com. That's Kevin at KevinSwanson.com. And you can hear the program anytime, anywhere in the world at KevinSwanson.com. This is Kevin Swanson, and I want to invite you back again next time as we lay down a vision for the next generation